Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Laws, and this is Transform Your Workplace. Hey, before we get into today's episode, a couple quick housekeeping items. We still got the annual What People Want From Work survey open. You could sign up by 731, July 31st. Make sure and sign up. We just need one contact, and then you can distribute the What People Want From Work survey to all your employees to figure out what they want out of their work, what keeps them engaged and happy and all that good stuff. So you can learn more about that. We'll put a link in the show notes or just go to zenemhr.com and just search for what people want from work and you'll find that survey and the landing page and all that. The other thing I wanted to mention is that we just finished a brand new web course on social and emotional intelligence and I'll be honest with you, I had my hand in editing this course and it's amazing. The content's great. Our amazing vice president of training and development, Susie Weir, she put this together. It's fantastic. And what's great about it, it's only 29 bucks to get. You have full access to it on demand forever. So go get that. Put a link up in the show notes. And if you end up taking it, let me know what you think, because we're always looking for feedback and obviously developing new topics and things like that. So would love to hear what you think about that course and any other courses that you've taken. Okay, today's episode, you ever, you know, have those, those conversations with people where you're just like, I don't even belong in this conversation. This person is like way too smart for me. That's kind of how I felt about Rod Reason. <laughs> he was phenomenal. He has got an amazing career. He started as a broker and started, maybe you've heard about it, it's all across the United States, the Healthiest Employers Award Program. They partnered with, I think, the business journals, and they delivered that Healthiest Employers Award Program through that channel. And uh, Zenium has participated since it started in 2008. And we've won every year, which has been amazing. But you know, I got to talk with the guy who founded that, and he's obviously gives credit to his entire team, and I'm sure he has a lot of people that really helped build that. But he started that out of a need to figure out are employers emphasizing a healthy work environment and putting programs and dollars and time to developing a healthy workforce. So Ran that program for a long time. And then he and his team started a software company called Springbuck. And we talk about this tool. It's not very often I will highlight a product within the podcast, but I think I've never seen anything like this. And it's all about health data and using that health data to obviously cost, but to figure out where to allocate dollars in the future to make a healthier workforce. That's what this is all about. So again, like this is one where I felt like I was not <laughs> in my own lane. Rod was phenomenal, so smart, and I really think you're going to enjoy this. If you're a geek like I am and enjoy numbers and software and things like that and what data tells you, I think you're really going to enjoy this. But even if you're not, I think you're really going to get value because you're going to see where the trends are going. Anyways, I think you're really going to love this. I'll step out of the way. Enjoy the interview with Rod Reason of Springbuck. Hey, Rod, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you very much. So you've had quite an interesting career. You started as a broker a long, long time ago. And during that time, <laughs> not, too, not too long ago, but you did say right out of college, you started as a broker and you've had a great career in being a broker. Talk about those years and what you learned. And I want to talk about some of the other things that you're up to. 
Sure. So I actually started out in the financial services space as a wealth management financial advisor. Was working with a lot of business owners, and in the times so of in the late '90s, early 2000s, these large employers were saying, "Hey, you help us with our 401k and some of our personal finances and investments, but this health insurance stuff is killing us. Can you take a look mm-hmm. at it?" And my first response was, "Absolutely not. The last thing I want to be is an insurance broker." And for any insurance brokers on the phone, they're probably laughing or listening to the podcast. And I said, no, no way. I don't want to jump into that industry, but started to take a look at it and said, wow, there's a real opportunity to bring solid advice, bring data, and to help these employers out with their rising healthcare costs. So that was in the early 2000s, jumped into the industry as a broker, fully fee-based consultant, and the rest so much, you know, it's kind of history as we speak. So that's fascinating. In your time during when you were a financial services industry, you hadn't been in really the group health space at all, but you had clients that trusted you to sort of look into it and you just saw an opportunity to really dive in with both feet. Is that right? Yeah, we saw the financial services space went through a big, more fee-based orientation, getting away from commissions before the brokerage, commercial insurance brokerage space did. And so we rode that wave, kind of taking that different economic model into the large employer saying, pay us for our advice, not just commission. And so we took that model in and it was new at the time. Now it's very commonplace. So we were one of the small little disruptors in our marketplace uh, bringing that approach. So when we fast forward to, I think it's the 2008 timeframe, you were CEO of an organization called the Healthiest Employers Award Program. Talk about that. How did you get into that? Why did you start it? What did it all stem from? Sure. So what we saw happening in the early 2000s into the mid-2000s was healthcare costs continued to escalate. You had a lot of discussions to add some political context. You had some discussions happening around what a government-oriented healthcare system might look like. And then the first election of Barack Obama and ultimately the PPACA being created. And during that time, employers were, their healthcare costs continued to escalate. They were trying to figure out things like, should I invest in pop health? Pop health was very popular. It was called wellness at the time. And you had a lot of just things going on that these employers were like trying to figure out. What we saw in the pop health space kind of happening was employers were, Malcolm Gladwell talks about the tipping point and employers had gotten to the point where they had gotten to a frustration point and said, I've got to do something about my cost. These wellness programs are promising a fantastic ROI, so I'm going to try them. And there was a lot of try. And so we said, you know, what could we do to bring all these folks together to collaborate? And at the time, it was all the insurance companies, all the wellness providers, all of the insurance brokers, all the employers to a single place where collaboration could take place. And mostly in the middle market, these employers that are often neglected and because they are not the big enterprise employers. So we dreamed up this idea of creating an award because nobody draws attention more than winning an award or putting people on a pedestal. (laughs) So that was the idea. We dreamed it up. We sold it to the Indianapolis Business Journal in 2008 as an idea, launched our first award in 2009. We had almost 600 people show up at the first year event. And the IBJ said, if you get 250 people to show up, you'll be doing great. We had almost 600. So we knew we were on to something. We knew this was a hot button. It was more than just a thesis. And then the award grew to 40 plus cities across the U.S., 10,000 employers surveyed. 
And we learned so much about what the pain points were, how people were going about solving those problems, and ultimately became the genesis for launching Springbike. Yeah, I mean, you didn't really say it because you're very humble, I'm sure, but you really built a heck of a brand with the Healthy Employers Reward Program. But we've participated, I represent a company called Zenium, and we've participated in the Portland market, I think since the first year was 2009 through the Portland Business Journal. You've really built something. And I think there's a lot of people that rally around that because they want to be seen as you know, the healthiest employers. And I think they're trying to do good for their employees. So I just want to commend you on what you built. I think it's incredible. Well, it takes a team. As we often say here, one of our core values is win together. So, you know, if it would have just been my idea, that's probably all it would have ever been was just an idea. But we've got great people that have helped execute on an interesting vision. And I appreciate you saying that, but it definitely yeah. takes a team. You basically built out, it's an extensive application process for that Healthiest Employers program. What did you find out in the data when you take it across the entire nation? I think it was just the United States that you had in several markets. But when you sort of aggregate all of the data, what sort of trends did you see on a regular basis? And I'm sure it was different from the very first year you launched it to the last year in which you were part of that group. But what did you see in terms of trends? Yeah, so obviously pre-Springbuck, pre-launching that, you know, the software company that obviously I lead now, what was fascinating for us to watch was the macro moves that were taking place among the employers. So each year we'd have 3,000-ish employers that would apply, so a very large number. This isn't, you know, 20 or 30 employers. It's 100 or so employers in 40 markets across the United States. And so we had broad distribution of types of employers by size, by demographic, by geographic location. So it was really fascinating for us to look at parsing the data and saying, what are the pain points that employers are trying to solve for? A couple of the things that we saw early on was this movement towards on-site clinics, which doesn't sound like a big aha anymore, but in the early days of the Healthiest Employer Award, we saw that there was a big uptick in employers that were either interested, who said that they were interested, or had already adopted an on-site clinic. And that was one of the very first things that we saw. And there's still a trend in the industry to adopt an on-site clinic, not just at the enterprise, but all the way into the mid-market. The other thing we saw broadly was biometric screening. While, again, not a big aha, what was interesting to us was watching how in the early days, a small portion of employers are doing biometric screening as kind of that leading data indicator. Yeah. And the percentage grew over towards not just doing screenings at the employee level, but into the members' households, so spouses or other dependents, which was fascinating because that's a big cost for an employer to take on. Now we saw near the end of the, you know, kind of the cycle now, we're seeing employers back off or they're actually doing less of the biometric screening, and they're moving to a two-year rotation. So instead of doing it every year, rotating every other year. And there's other trends, obviously, but those are some of the big ones that obviously have massive effects in the amount of data that's available and kind of the big macro things that we saw. Did you see anything that was more of a holistic wellness program from some of the trends like you know mental health, those sort of things that aren't just related to physical health? <laughs> we saw a lot of folks asking questions um, about <laughs> oh, it. Yeah, that's a fun one to talk through. Mental health's a big one. 
a lot of VC-backed uh, mental health apps right now. Seems to be a big hot button. MSK is a big one right now that we're seeing that employers are trying to dive into and all the associated data that goes along there with PTO, absenteeism, even workers' comp spread around MSK, mm-hmm. and even mental health. So those are more, I'd say, modern kind of today items. Behavioral health has been one that's been talked about for a long time, but it's really become a hot button lately. Do you think anybody's in your time in doing the award program, I'm sure you saw a lot of employers figuring out lagging indicators on people's health, you know, biometrics, Screening, that'd be a one way to figure out like a snapshot in time over like somebody's health. But do they use that data in a way that's shaping their wellness programs of the future? And maybe that's what you're trying to solve with Springbuck. But I'm curious if you saw a lot of movement around getting ahead of all this stuff. So now jump on a soapbox here. Please do. (laughs) Well, frankly, that's one of the reasons we decided to launch into this industry. When we looked at, there's there's six major categories that we have with Healthiest Employer Award. And the genesis of that award was, again, to put on a pedestal companies that are doing exceptional things. Section six was reporting and analytics. So the first five sections were more program orientation, incentives, design itself. And then six was how you're measuring it. And historically, Mm -hmm. and even today, through last year, through 2018, our average score on a rubric scale of zero to 100, and I have four kids, so the average score is 26% out of 100. And now oh. for anyone, again, listening to the podcast that sees their kids come home with a 26, I mean, the teachers oh, don't no even way. send home a 26, right? So we watch this over and over for now 10 years that we've been running that award, and it became very alarming. So we started to dive into the data and say, why in the world can't you show an ROI? Or why are you not even measuring it? And one of the questions we put out in the early days, we've gone through several revisions of the questionnaire itself. And we said, are you tracking ROI? And then there's some obvious more depth there. But then we asked, do you have a formula for calculating a return? And that answer was even less. It was like 10% of employers that applied even had a formula to figure out how they track the investment. So I think I'm getting around to answering your question, but that ultimately led us to saying, holy cow, if employers can't track this, at some point they're going to have to because a CFO is not going to allow an investment to continue to be made without some form of proof, whether it be the efficacy of each individual program or if it be the broader brush stroke of pop health working, the whole industry deserves to be able to tell the story. And so... Well, our app, Springbuck, was not created to be able to tell a wellness story. It's far broader. That was one of the initial pain points that we saw as an opportunity to dive into the space. I'm really glad you said that because in all the years that I would attend those award banquets and and we've won as an organization every single year. And I know because I would fill out those applications and I know what our wellness program is like. And I would always hear like some of the winning organizations just talk about what they're doing. And I'm not knocking anything about what they're doing because I think it's better than nothing. But nobody could prove the ROI. Nobody really had the metrics to say like everything that we're doing is making our people healthier, their stress levels down, blood pressures down, like those sort of things that you would probably want in a wellness program. Ultimately, we want to make our workplaces more productive and happier, healthier, all those things. And it just didn't seem like people could prove that. Is that really what you saw in all those years of doing the award program? 
I mean, even more frustration than that. I mean, yeah. we, I'm, uh. a, I'm a very data-driven guy as it is. And when we'd go to these awards, one year I was in 26 airports and on the stages presenting many of these awards across the country. And I would hear similar things. And frankly, it got to a point where we're like, I hate this award. This award is not oh, at all gosh, what we wanted really? to create. We've got people that are winning that in some fashion be winning because they can you know, fill out an application really well. And it started to change the application because of that. But it got us to a point where we're like, listen, the award did its job. It put on a pedestal organizations that were doing really good things, but the industry has to continue to progress. And the way we do that, our biggest pain point that we saw was that employers are making huge investments and it's hard to know exactly how big the industry is. By some estimates, around $100 billion are being invested by employers across the U.S. towards some form of pop health or wellness solutions. And that doesn't include the overall benefits that they're offering that should drive better health. So that's what drove us ultimately into the data business. Launching the software was how can we help employers make sure that they're making the best possible investment? That when they think, you know, they see these sales pitches and you know, you're in the space and you get the sales pitches from all these new providers that come out and it's ROI this, ROI that, trust us, you'll get it in three years, four years, five years, we hope, cross our fingers. And we're like, wait a second here. The data is achievable. We can get to the data. Where 10 years ago, we couldn't. We can get to the data. Data is not the issue anymore. Really, it's about extracting intelligence and information so that you can act appropriately upon what the data is telling you. Hey, Brandon here to take a quick break to talk about the annual What People Want From Work survey presented by Zenium HR. The survey offers a look into your workplace through your employees' eyes. We're going to reveal what's working, what needs improvement, and what your employees want from the workplace. We're going to cover areas like leadership, workplace culture, management support, rewards and recognition, work environment, and so much more. It's a mix of qualitative and quantitative data. The deadline to register, July 31st, 2019, and the survey will be open until August 31st, 2019. You'll get a free report in the end to tell you all about what your people want from work. You'll get your scores in a nice PDF report. If you want to participate, go to zeniumhr.com forward slash survey and you can sign up right away. Now back to the show. I think it's interesting. You made the point that the timing was right with the Healthiest Employers Award Program just because I think you needed to bring awareness to this big issue around wellness and costs and all those. And I think it was a conversation starter. So now you fast forward to starting Springbuck. I think you're really trying to accomplish the measurement piece because people are now talking about all of this, that they're ready for it. So when you built Springbuck, did you feel like employers were ready for some kind of tool that could measure the impact that they're making on some of their programs? Absolutely. We kind of sensed it from the award and Again, one of the things that the award definitely gives us is a lens into the habits and behaviors of employers across the U.S. And so we get a a very good sense of where the market is moving really before anyone else does. So we went out and demoed before we had started this company. We said, gosh, employers can't solve this reporting and analytics piece of this. So we just said, why not? Who can we refer them to so that we can get them you know, to be able to answer these questions. 
And so we interviewed, you know, data warehouse players, we interviewed wow. wellness vendors, we interviewed broker consultants that had, you know, broad actuarial teams all the way through, you know, deep actuarial expertise. And we just didn't find anything. What we found was either parsed or it was, you know, broadly, as we even say in our sales presentations, that it was data warehouse driven. And our finding was really that data warehousing, while beneficial, you can't get rid of the data warehouse, you need to collect the data. Employers, while they may be asking that, that's really not what they're asking. And if you think about it, why do you even want data? You want it so that you can extract intelligence from it. So from the very beginning, we said, why don't we just create an intelligence platform that does a lot of the heavy lifting and can start to solve for better decision making up front? That's where we started in 2015 was let's make better decisions first. And then I'm sure we'll talk a little bit deeper about kind of where we're going now. Yeah. So I'd love for you to describe what Springbuck is, what it does, and what you really hope it will do for employers. So the quick nugget is we are a health intelligence company. So we blend data science with easy consumption layer of software into a user-friendly experience so employers can, what we believe for the first time, see actually what's happening in their data and be able to actually act upon it. There's a lot of folks that talk about actionable intelligence, and it's old school stuff that I was doing 20 years ago when I first jumped in the industry around generic versus formulary spend in pharmacy. Well, whoop-de-doo, you know, that's something we did 20 years ago, and you can look at a, a simple carry report to do that. What we're doing is deep data science with unsupervised machine learning that's literally digging through the data and finding opportunities that haven't yet presented themselves. So we're finding new opportunities of inefficient spend, along with obviously our vision, which was to prevent disease with data. So taking a whole different thesis around how you look at data around preventing disease versus just cost shifting. So in other words, just to simplify for listeners, so you basically would have this plug-in to group health programs, vision plans, prescription, all those health and wellness programs that employers would have, it would analyze costs, claims, and things like that. And then you would basically be able to visualize how spending is, or maybe opportunities, like break it down for an employer. What do they expect out of this? And <laughs> what does it look like? Yeah. Well, part of the tease is you got to demo the product here. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Seeing it's funny. And we literally say this, seeing is believing. It's hard to explain if you know the story about Uber, Travis Kalenic and his buddy were over in London and they were being rained on trying to wait for a taxi. And they dreamed up at that moment the idea of creating Uber. It took Uber some time to really compose the way to explain to people what Uber did because the habits of people were still around hailing a taxi. And yeah. now you don't think about it. I travel all over the place and I don't know the last time, sorry, taxi drivers that are listening, I don't remember the last time I used a taxi. I use a ride-sharing app. So in a similar vein, it's really tough to explain in one sentence exactly what we do because it is so sophisticated but yet simple. And when we do show people what we do, they're like, oh, now I get it. It's an intelligence platform. We do all the heavy lifting for you so that you can act on the data versus having to go dig into the data like most of the platforms that exist today. Yeah, and I think that would be the biggest challenge for most employers is that their data is so fragmented all over the place. A lot of times the carriers probably holding on to the data or the broker maybe, and employers probably aren't taking an active approach to looking at that information. So is that sort of how you look at it? Is it sort of democratizes 
the data for an employer to make actionable decisions on? That's low-hanging fruit. That's a piece of it. That's yeah. kind of the story of the industry of old that just keeps being told today is, oh, well, we can add more data elements. Our opinion is you don't need more data. You need more insight or intelligence. There is plenty of data that you already have. Every employer that you know hopefully listens, there's plenty of data. What you need is a tool that can go accentuate or create value in the data that already exists. And that's what the Springbuck platform does. That's what our insights engine was built to do, was to bring snap of the finger, real-time access to put you onto solving the problem versus searching for one in a data warehouse. So make it practical for an employer that's listening. If they're using the platform, they're connected with all of their information from their health programs, what would they expect to see using it? So without going into the deep sections, our average employer on day one, our average employer, we find $1,000 worth of potential savings per employee per year. And so how do you expect to get savings just by using the platform? In some instances, it could be a plan design change. In others, Mm. it could be about educating the member around a disease state or engaging them on a specialty pharmacy medication. Every employer is different. There is, I will say what is fascinating to us is there's a general thinking by most of us as human beings that if I take a technology company and pair it against another technology company, that they're probably going to have a similar workforce and likely the similar disease state or chronic conditions within the population. We found is that that's not necessarily the case, and it's not even necessarily the case by geographic region. Every population is different. Our engine is dynamic, and it's going to find the opportunities that are unique to that employer, much like it should, versus a plug-in where, oh, diabetes is our only thing we're solving for. Does that help? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's actually interesting because I see kind of two sides to this. Is One is, which you mentioned, is plan design change. So as soon as you have the data, you can see like where the uses are or just even educating your people so you can save costs that way. But I also see an opportunity where if your workforce is at risk in certain areas, you could either create new offerings around those issues or even on the like really proactive side, just wellness programs in general or activity-based things, depending on what it is. Is that sort of how you see it as well as just low-hanging plan design change and the other side is actionable things to get ahead of all this? So I will actually correct you a little bit and I hate to do oh, it yeah. since you're the host. Um, oh, it's totally fine. <laughs> you're educating me on this. <laughs> Plan design changes is, while we think can be interesting way to change behavior, I would say it is probably like number 30 on a list of 20 items that we would look at. I think, again, this is a bit of opinion from my seat. 20 years in the industry, I've watched that happen for 20 years. And employers that just focus on plan design changes end up being cost-shifting measures. And the employee ends up being uneducated about how to make a healthcare decision as it is, and then being forced to try to figure things out on their own. The high deductible health plans, and we offer them at our company, while they can be beneficial, I think there's still a lot of discussion in the market around, was this a real good thing for the industry? Or did it just potentially shift costs to an employee who then later delayed care because they didn't want to have that copay? Soapbox there just to say that plan design change is not our focus. Prevention of disease is our focus. So I'll mention three things that we launched here recently with this, what we call early detection or event detection algorithm. That's our proprietary black box engine that we built. 
And we can detect diabetes, hypertension, and endocrine disorder with our own models before they're being exhibited as a CPT code. So in essence, what we're trying to do is take an industry that is focused on solving for a gap in care, again, decade-old industry standard with HEDIS, and move it to the next level and say, okay, we know who has a gap in care. How do we find the members that aren't yet exhibiting a gap in care because they've not been diagnosed with diabetes, but they likely have diabetes or endocrine disorder or hypertension? And those are three of many of the algorithms that we've built out in our insights engine. For the employers that you have on your engine, your platform, have you seen changes so far? Excellent. I love this question. And for our listeners, I did not tee up this question. I'm just interested. (laughs) So we hired an outside PhD health economist to come in and do a retrospective study on employers that have been on our platform for more than two years. And what we found was that employers that have been on our system had averaged a savings of almost $600 per employee per year for being on the system. Now, I'm going to caveat that. I'm not an attorney, but I'm just for anyone listening, we are not saying that if you buy the Springbuck system that your healthcare costs are going to go down. What I am saying is that just like the NSA, FBI, CIA, who would all say intelligence is valuable, we do too. We believe that good information allows you to act credibly. And that was one of the things we were trying to solve for early on was being able to make good decisions at the forefront and then track them throughout. And so logically, our platform does have a good return because we're informing people with credible information so they can act with intelligence. That's such a great point because a lot of times if you don't have data, you don't have information, making decisions off feeling. And so what you're basically saying is through the data, through the information, through the platform, employers are able to make better decisions. That's simply what your platform does, right? There you go. Yeah, I love it. Well, so where can people learn more about Springbuck? How do they get a demo? Anything else you want to talk about the platform before we part ways? We love opportunities to show off what we do. You can go to our website at Springbuck, which is springbuk.com. And as we talked about, that's a small Africa gazelle, agile in its way and fun. So that's why we named the company Springbuck. So that's the best place to learn. You can jump on LinkedIn, ping me. My contact information is on LinkedIn. so. That's dangerous mentioning it on a podcast, but it's there. <laughs> uh, so, so ping us. We're on a journey to prevent disease with data. And this problem around healthcare is more than just one that, you know, obviously Springbuck is trying to solve. There are good peers in the market who are doing really good things. We approach it from a different lens. We think we're better at many things than others, but we realize that it does take more than just us. And we invite people to join us on the journey. It's a big community out there. Yeah. And Rod, just for you and for listeners, I brought you on because I usually don't do product spotlights like this, but I think what you're doing is so vastly different. And this is a huge area where employers struggle. I'm all about making workplaces better, making people healthier, saving money in the process. And it seemed like what you guys are doing is something that could really change the way employers are really treating their employees from a health insurance and wellness program perspective. So I appreciate you and what you're doing right now. I think people need to know about it. Very much appreciated. And for guys like you that are doing these podcasts to be able to help bring innovation and thought to the market, we need this. Healthcare costs haven't gone down in quite some time and employers are frustrated. They're tired of continuing to have to pay these costs or pass it on to their employees. So we're doing something about it. 
Thanks for coming on the podcast, Rod. Hey, thank you so much. 